Hey, Unchained listeners. As you know, it's hard keeping up with the fast-paced world of crypto, so we've got just the thing for you. Subscribe to our free Unchained daily newsletter at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. You'll get the latest crypto news and original articles from our reporters, as well as summaries of other happenings and bullet points, plus our meme of the day, all curated and written by our amazing team. It's still your no-hype resource for all things crypto, just in newsletter form. Sign up at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Again, the URL is unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unconfirmed, the podcast that reveals how the marquee names in crypto are reacting to the week's top headlines and gets the inside scoop on what they see on the horizon. I'm your host, Laura Shin. Asset managers, ICO issuers, and other institutional players, it's time to safeguard your cryptocurrency. Partner with Digital Asset Custody Company, or DAC. Purpose-built for secure, flexible, institutional-quality cold storage solutions. Learn more at digitalassetcustody.com. My guest today is Pamela Morgan, an attorney in the blockchain space and the author of Crypto Asset Inheritance Planning. Welcome, Pamela. Thanks so much for having me, Laura. I'm happy to be here. You recently wrote a book about a really tough problem, how to pass on your crypto assets to your heirs without them or anyone else gaining access to those crypto assets before you pass away. The difficulty of storing crypto assets safely was highlighted in a great Wired article this week about how Coinbase custodies its customers' funds. I will link to it in the show notes. I urge you all to check it out. It sort of demonstrates just how paranoid you have to be and um, some of the weird rituals <laughs> you need to undergo to keep these digital assets safe. So Pamela, what problems could holders of crypto run into if they don't have an inheritance plan? Well, I mean, the worst is a catastrophic loss, meaning that if you have crypto assets now, if you're holding Bitcoin or Ether or any of these other assets, and you don't have a plan for how your family is going to access them, uh, one of two things is probably true. Either one, your security is so terrible that someone's going to find your crypto assets and run away with them, which we hope isn't the case, or your security is so great that it's actually going to prevent your family from, from accessing these assets if something happens to you. What do you recommend for people to do to make sure their heirs inherit their assets but not access the funds before? So this is a problem that's plaguing our entire industry. And I wish that I had a perfect solution for everyone. But the reality is that everyone's family is different. Take a second and think about the people who you might want to have inherit your crypto assets. How savvy are they? Do they need help uh, and password reminders for their Facebook accounts? Are they using sticky notes to remember their passwords that are, you know, stuck to their computer monitor? Um, if that's, if that's the type of people that you're dealing with, um, you know, I, I think it's a bit naive to expect that they're going to be able to navigate their way through what currently is a, a pretty clunky crypto asset, um, space. And so that doesn't mean, though, that you have to sit down and do, you know, a full tech plan and a full legal plan in order to have any chance of your heirs inheriting anything. I've written a, a number of free articles that are available on my website on how, can, on how people can get started uh, doing something today. And what is that URL? Uh, the website is empoweredlaw.com, E-M-P-O-W-E-R-E-D. 
L-A-W.com. And there are two things that listeners can do today to make them themselves and their family more likely to have a good inheritance uh, succession plan. The first thing is you can start by doing a letter to loved ones. And effectively, this is just like what it sounds. It's I, I've provided a template on my website, and I've also published this on Medium. It's also part of the book where the letter literally starts out and says, Dear loved one, if you're reading this letter, it's because I want you to know that I have crypto assets. Please be careful because anyone who can access access these assets can steal them irrevocably. Things like that. Just little tidbits that your family needs to know. With this template, you can sit down and in about 20 minutes for some people, 60 minutes for others, you can actually have a basic plan that will help your loved ones um, identify what assets they're looking for. And most importantly, identify people who can help them. What other information should you include in the letter? Ideally, you'll put enough information that will allow your heirs to figure out what you have and where you're holding your keys. So for example, if you have a mobile wallet and you're using your iPhone to to interact with that mobile wallet, you would want to write down, okay, I'm using my iPhone. And then hopefully you've you've completed a backup of that wallet and you have that stored somewhere. So you might want to also say, and I have two or three backups located in different places around the world. Importantly, you don't want to put your key information in this letter. In other words, you don't want to put uh, your private key or your seeds in the letter itself. What you're really trying to do is provide your heirs with an idea of what you have, where the keys are generally stored. So they don't, for example, wipe your phone and maybe something happened to your backup. And then now your heirs won't be able to access whatever you had with your phone. Um, so you want to kind of give them an idea of what devices to store, where to look, generally speaking, and then most importantly, who can help them. So if people start identifying people who can, who they trust, who can help them through this process, it'll be much easier. Two follow-up questions. Where do you keep your keys and your seeds? And do you have to constantly update this letter every time you make a trade? Those are great questions. Uh, so as far as storage goes, you want to always think about fireproof, waterproof, and access control. So a lot of people in the U.S. use, for example, a, a fireproof safe that they might have in their house. And that's also where they keep their other important documents. Um, sometimes people also put their seeds in a safe deposit box or a, a bank vault box. And the considerations of whether or not this is right for you and your family really depend a lot on you and your family. I hate to give a lawyer answer like that, but that's the truth. So in the book, instead of saying, you know, listen, you should do this, I ask a bunch of questions. So effectively, the book is as if you were hiring us to walk you through creating your own plan. And so there isn't really a, a definitive answer on where the best plan, a place to store your seeds is. There are definitely bad places to put your seeds, right? So you don't want to store your seeds out in the open on a file on your desk that says crypto asset seeds or Bitcoin seeds, right? You would never, you would never do that. Um, so, you know, but you, you need to balance. So the, so the hard part about this is trying to balance uh, risk and access and security. And that's what makes this topic so challenging. 
You also mentioned that you should name helpers in your letter. How do you pick those people? Who can you trust in that role? I mean, this, this again, is one of the main issues. I actually have a rubric in the book to help you figure out who you should name as helpers. Uh, my best advice is to have people name more than one helper. And ideally, what you're looking for is someone who can oversee the process, someone who you believe is honest, someone who you believe will not steal from you. And ideally, you have two of these sorts of people in your life, and they don't necessarily know each other. So you don't want them to collude. Again, there's no best answer for this. Some people use fiduciaries like lawyers or insurance folks, things like that. Many of them don't have the technical acumen to actually help with the process. And your helper doesn't necessarily need to know everything about crypto assets in order to be a great helper. I think of the ideal helper as someone who is kind of rebellious, not afraid to ask questions, and that like nosy person who wants to know everything, right? That person who's going to be your family's advocate in the process of accessing these assets. Oh, I see. So it's not necessarily someone who has the technical know-how about how private keys or crypto assets work. It's just someone who can make sure everything is done above board. Is that the criteria? Yeah. Yes. So ideally, you would have someone who has both. Ideally, you would have people who have the technical acumen who understand how forks work and how wallets work and how asset distribution works and how, you know, how your heirs might need to open an exchange account and help them walk through the process. But the reality is most people do not have even one of those sort of people in their lives, let alone two or three who don't know each other. Right. So <laughs> that's, that's where we're at in this industry right now. So. To make that the criteria effectively makes it impossible. Um, most people do have someone who is, you know, not a technophobe. They're, they're not afraid of technology and they do care to ask questions and they do care to understand how things work. And so those people can be effective helpers. We're going to discuss how the legal system plays a role in other matters. But first, a quick word from our fabulous sponsors. If you're an institution managing crypto assets, you need a secure custody solution. Digital Asset Custody Company, or DAC, is the leading purpose-built institutional quality cryptocurrency custodian. DAC leads the industry in security and service. Experts in the tech, cybersecurity, and investment worlds, DAC's founders built the system that today's major players in asset management rely on. DAC is in production on over 90 tokens. Secure, efficient, egress transactions. That's DAC. Custody with DAC. Visit Digital Asset Custody for more info. I'm speaking with Pamela Morgan, author of Crypto Asset Inheritance Planning. One other thing you mentioned in your book that I wanted to ask about was you talk about separating your keys out or separating the powers amongst people who can reconstruct your keys. How should you divvy that up? That's a great question. And this is something that a lot of people get really excited about. Um, so we know that if someone finds our private keys, they can generally steal all of the assets related to those private keys. And none of us feel good about that, right? It's kind of like having a diary without a lock in the open. Nobody wants, no, nobody wants other people to have access to that. Stashed so, with money. Yeah. Yeah. Ex exactly. So, so, so for those of us who aren't, you know, security experts, 
often we get this idea and it it involves something like this. Okay, I have 24 seed words. But if someone finds this backup, they're going to be able to steal all of my assets. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut it in half and then I'll put 12 words in one place and 12 words in another place or give the first 12 words to my cousin and the other 12 words to the cousin on my other side of the family. And then I will be more secure. And Initially, this feels good. It feels like you're kind of crafty. It feels like you're doing something that's clever and, and smart. And, and the issue is that it actually reduces your security when you do that. So our wallets have been designed with cryptographic best practices. Our wallets have been designed with a specific security model and whatever wallet you, des- you choose to use, Hopefully, they've been following industry standards and practice in cryptography and security. So we don't want to take, for example, a 24-word uh, seed and divide it into two because we're actually reducing the security by more than half. There are a lot of things that you can do to add what effectively is a second factor, or there are cryptographically secure ways of dividing your seed. And in the book, I talk about Shamir's secret sharing. I talk about adding passphrases like you can using Trezor or Ledger devices. And I also talk about multi-signature. All of those are cryptographically secure ways, if they're implemented properly, uh, of dividing your seed or separating your seed into different places so that if someone finds your words, they can't steal all your money. And so those are definitely better ways to go about it than than trying to physically divide the key. And let's also talk now about the legal system. What should people do to ensure legally that there's a smooth transition? I'm so glad you asked that question because a lot of people in our industry are so focused on the tech side that they forget about the legal side. So with crypto asset inheritance planning, you need two plans. Your first plan, the one that you can start doing today, is your access or your tech plan, right? And effectively, that is your letter to loved ones template, or I've also published a, a crypto asset inventory. I think I titled it something like uh, three minutes to estate planning, um, where you can just do a, a basic inventory sheet. And that those those things deal with a- answering the question from a practical perspective, how will my loved ones access my crypto assets. On the other side, we have the legal question, which is legally, who is entitled to these assets and how should they be distributed? What most people don't realize is that if you do not have a will, there is one effectively written for you, and that's written by the state. So inheritance laws are typically on a state-by-state basis. So whatever state in the U.S., or elsewhere in the world that you consider your home, your physical residence, those are the laws that will apply if you die without a will. This can be dangerous for those of us who have crypto assets because if we don't designate who is to get the our assets in the will, um, they might go to people who we don't necessarily want them to. For example, these laws, often called the laws of intestacy, Um, which means that someone dies intestate or without a will, these laws are decades old and they really don't recognize today's family structures. They only recognize blood. 
So for example, if you live with a partner long-term, but you haven't formalized your relationship with an official marriage, guess what? Your partner through intestacy gets nothing. For those of you who have pets that are like, you know, that, that are like your children, if you have dogs or cats or fish or birds, there's no money that's set aside to care for them. Uh, if there are stepchildren in your life, those are not considered quote unquote blood relation and therefore your stepchildren would not be able to inherit anything from you. So often when people realize kind of how old fashioned these laws are, uh, they realize that, oh my gosh, you know, I probably need to to write a will. Writing a will doesn't have to be a whole like big, horrible production. It can actually be kind of empowering in that it gives you the power to say who actually is going to inherit your assets. And there are estate planning lawyers um, all around the world who can help with these issues. You can also do searches on regular search engines for pro bono, you can use that term, or legal aid, legal assistance, and writing my own will. And you can get an idea of what a will looks like in your jurisdiction. And do you need to designate who should inherit your crypto assets in your will in addition to this letter? What I mean is if you leave instructions for someone in the letter, like here's how to access this money, but you don't mention it in your will, then what happens? Then the assets generally are treated like any other asset that you didn't name in your will. We call this in legal terms, the residuary or something that isn't specifically mentioned. So for example, let's say that you have uh, a car and uh, you have a website and you have a podcast, okay? So those are your three big assets. If you mentioned in your will that you wanted your car to go to X person, but you didn't mention the podcast or any of those recordings, those things would go to the people who would get the quote-unquote residuary or, or all of the assets that you didn't directly name. So that's all handled by law already. What about taxes? How should you account for taxes? I am not a tax lawyer. You should hire a tax lawyer. And honestly, most people, when they're going through the the estate, will depending on the size of the estate, uh, they may need to hire a, a tax lawyer to sort things out anyway. The best advice I have for people in dealing with taxes and these issues is start talking to a lawyer now if you're concerned about tax issues. There are a lot of really cool things that are happening right now with estate planning and crypto assets. And there are things that you can do to minimize your tax burden, not only for you while you're alive, but also you know after you pass to your heirs. So there are a lot of things that you can do legally that will help you now and also help your heirs. The problem is you have to do something. If you don't do anything, you're kind of at the mercy of whatever the laws are. So now's the time to plan. Before we finish up, Pamela has graciously given unconfirmed a complimentary copy of Crypto Asset Inheritance Planning, which we will be giving away. To win the book, tweet about it and tag me at Laura Shin, L-A-U-R-A-S-H-I-N, and at Pamela J-D, P-A-M-E-L-A-W-J-D, And next Friday, I will pick a name out of a hat and announce it on next week's episode. Pamela, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for coming on Unconfirmed. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. To learn more about the topics we discussed, be sure to check out the links in the show notes of your podcast episode. New episodes of Unconfirmed come out every Friday. If you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Unconfirmed is produced by me, Laura Shin, with help from Rayleigh Gallipoli, Fractal Recording, Jenny Josephson, and Daniel Ness. Thanks for listening.